you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Puts the papa in papaya. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. <laughs> I am Dan Hansis. I got heroes here. Greg Rosenthal. Mark Sessler. Busy, busy, busy. Cowboys camp on Monday. Check out that one. Uh, the Hard Knocks podcast debuted with episode one recap uh, Tuesday. And shout out to Eric Roberts behind the glass, who's been grinding his hiney off uh, all week for us and doing elite production work. Uh, we did that with Connie and special guest Rich Eisen. Check that out if you haven't yet. And now we have two more new episodes of ATN today and Thursday. Football. Mark is back. I want to, like, if, if there are people out there that maybe aren't um, hard knocks um, aficionados and watchers, and I, and, and I go hot and cold on that show, um, I, <laughs> I just want to say, listen to this episode that you and Rich and oh, Colleen did, thanks, because, bud. I mean, well, we know you're a Jets fan, and, and Rich is too, but, like, you kind of designed um, in a really wonderful way why, how you became one, what this first episode meant. Um, and yet it wasn't, if you aren't a Jets fan, it, didn't, it wasn't laborious. It was very well done. And like, uh, I can only imagine the cloud that you're floating on um, seeing mm. this whole Jets team and what they are. I don't want to be that guy, but I think it is important sometimes to uh, understand like how lucky we are, like getting paid to watch the Jets Hard Knock show and then talk about it with my friends. It's it's pretty it's pretty awesome and and really excited. And Rich, to do it. like it would have blown your mind. I got I listened to half of it. I listened to the Rich part so far. Usually I would be listening on the way in, but we had a very important call with our great friend. We did. Henry Hodgson. Handsome Hank. Uh, so that, that cut into my time. A planning call. We'll leave it at that. Looking it, as handsome as fantastic. Ever, by the way. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. We'll do a little Hard Knocks talk a, a little bit later, um, but we got a lot going on today um, because. We have one of the smartest football men in the business, Aaron Schatz, over at FTN. He released his annual football almanac, 2023. And uh, obviously, if you don't read this almanac, you're not really prepared for the season. So we're going to dig in on the defensive side of the ball, which we haven't really tackled. Tackled. <laughs> hey! That's, that's why it, this is a Nailed Wordplay! It. Nailed it. Uh, we're going to work that side of the ball, that conversation with Aaron and what defenses stand out to him and, and what defenses might be ready for regression or to be outright terrible. Get into all that. But first, let's do some news. Just understand this. I don't give a what goes down this year. We will always be in games, no matter what. We break some shoelaces and get a few points on us. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be in every game. Guys, this is across the field. On the back shoulder. Look at this. I don't know if there's there's any other human on earth that can make that throw. He's our quarterback. He's ours. He's ours. Fucking awesome, man. I think that should be a drop going forward, Eric Roberts. Yes, uh, as I said to Rich Eisen, uh, uh, Ulbrich, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, Jeff Ulbrich, he speaks for all of us as Jets fans. He's like, he's ours, he's ours, he's ours. Watching... 
uh, that episode. And, uh, yeah, that was in the defensive room where the coordinator is going over some plays from practice. Uh, we'll get some thoughts out there. Anybody wants to hear my thoughts, obviously go check out the podcast with Connie and I. But episode one thoughts, Mark, we'll start with you. Uh, I, Albrecht, to me, was one of the stars of the episode because, you know, you would think it's just Sala calling the plays on defense and, like, what does the coordinator do? I mean, I love his fire. And I think that there's something to him and what the Jets are. There's a lot of connective tissue there. And, I mean, I think this episode, um, it, maybe if it lacked uh, four or five, like, deep narrative threads like some Hard Knocks ones do, and this, this, this show is a chance to get into that, it was really about... Um, the experience of Aaron Rodgers. And, and I think for those that um, have been critical of Aaron Rodgers, I'm certainly one of those in the past, like this is a different version of this human being. And like uh, you just get this feeling that he couldn't be happier being there. And you hear all the giggles and the anticipation when they're watching him whip that pass in that film session there with Ulbrich. And it's like this team, and there's so many young players, but teams, teammates, coaches, it's like they have watched Jesus land. That is sort of the aura I got watching this first episode. <laughs> and it's kind of incredible because it reminds me of nothing the New York Jets have ever produced on a human level. Right. It was it was like uh, the Hard Knocks version of Barbie. It was just like feel <laughs> good, easy entertainment, but it was also like a little different than Hard Knocks usually is. Like they decided to, I think, maybe mix it up. Of just, it was really all about Aaron Rodgers and the good vibes and everything. And it's cool to get go along on the journey with these teams. And it helps that the team is the center or one of the center uh, pieces of the NFL right now. It just it just does to be along the ride. It was great to be along the ride with the Lions, too. And I think that's why we enjoyed part of that, you know, season with them. I We'll see. It'll change over the next three or four uh, weeks, but I I really enjoyed it, and I loved the uh, the weed celebration that Sauce and Rogers had going on, and that, yeah. that they just subtly alluded to it. They were like, expectations are higher in New York. Well, that's Liev Schreiber, of course. Greg would like them. <laughs> who arrives in a helicopter, and he's uh, great in it. So, I love like, yeah. Liev Schreiber. I mean, I already we all loved him, but like, it's fun. He there's like Colleen mentioned it. Like, there's this humility to him, and like he was like sort of a kid in a candy store. Yet a bunch of those players are too young to really understand his career as an actor and like solid didn't even know he was the narrator of the show yeah we were we were talking about Most Connie and i were talking about I bet. yeah put yourself in his shoes there the the production team sends you to the practice in a helicopter literally Wild. landing next to the field and everyone's expecting you know some huge celebrity to get out and obviously shriver is a celebrity uh but that was a funny little uh positioning of that and one real other thought on albrick because i already have regrets we do our mvp um, rankings at the end of each episode. I should have put give him a, a place in that conversation for just his takedown of uh, the do your job yeah. complex. <laughs> mm, that was that was good. He yep. actually that said actually he's gonna get on Belichick's radar. I he like actually that. said Fuck that. He said you got to do your job. What else are you gonna do? That's the so next it, level. It was time for somebody to take down do your job, which is the most tired cliche to post on walls and complexes. And Ulbricht did it. I will drop. There's that too next many th- too many things on the walls with the Jets though. They've got like 14 different That's a thing, though. slogans. I so know, but all they, these yeah. places. Yeah. Too, yeah. What is what is their main one? I forget what it was. Uh, all gas, no break. I know, but it's like A G no N. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't just know. Like. I don't know. I there was a lot of like abbreviations. Yeah, it's, it's too much. What was I, that, Nate Hackett? I just want to fly around like a butterfly. Okay. If Zach Wilson never um, 
pans <laughs> out. Pie. I will remember him eating uh, Uncrustable after a preseason impor- uh, performance. Oh, that was that. Sure. I thought I his like. his um, part of the show was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I think it was good. It was oh, interesting. I like. I, I don't I think it was a weird. He's in a weird place. In a very but, tough position. Yeah. Very tough position, uh, especially if you're aging backwards and defying, you know, humankind. He's now 16 years old. I, yeah, I was, I was um, thinking this is the one quarterback that literally looks like a boy. I was thinking it would be tough for Packers fans to watch this, though. It's very much like watching the guy that your your favorite player, your best player, for the last 15 years, just be totally reborn. Oh, it's, like it wouldn't be a fun. Your ex-wife, yeah, you have four I, kids with, and yeah. you were in love with, and it just it, over time it just broke down, and then well, your and ex found that, like, love. What happened the time of her life, and it's on TV. Yeah, and that wasn't <laughs> acting right. Like that was like on this very podcast five months ago. We're talking about how he's not acting right. How he was basically an inconsistent human that he was being a jerk. And then you see him and suddenly he's in better shape. He's cracking jokes. He's happy. He's like a whole new guy. And you're like, the Packers aren't innocent in all, all of that. <laughs> um, Whatever right. they say about Aaron Rodgers on TV is a lie. <laughs> um, let's get into, and yes, check out the hard knocks podcast and we'll have that up every Tuesday night um, on wherever you get your podcast and on this feed, this ATN feed. So it's pretty easy for you people to check out if you want. You people, let's get to it. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Commanders, uh, created a bit of a mess uh, for himself this week. Eric Bieniemy is the new offensive coordinator. We know Bieniemy's history uh, with the Chiefs and his long struggle to try to get a head coaching job. It never happened, so now he's off on his own um, attempting uh, to build a bridge to that head coaching job. So this is a very important year and era for Bieniemy as a head coach. Uh, Rivera said some players are, quote, concerned with Biennemi's intensity in training camp, which led to a big story, both for and against Biennemi, mostly for Biennemi and against uh, uh, Ron Rivera, putting that out there. Uh, The commander's coach then followed up by offering a lengthy opening statement to his press conference on Wednesday, noting that his comments, quote, took on a different life. Don't do that thing. Don't do the thing where you blame the media for blowing up the story because you said it, and you should know, Ron Rivera, how this world works. Uh, But anyway, took on a different life than he intended and that he wasn't as straightforward as he needed to be. Here's what else he said. We talked about it, and and it was just I basically told him. I put my foot in my mouth. Um, I think what I said wasn't as clear as it needed to be. And I think the understanding of, of, of it is just the fact that I think everybody's making, in my opinion, a little bit more than needs to be made of this. Because, again, the results are what you're looking for on the field. And so far, the last couple of days have been outstanding. I think Eric mm-hmm. has done a great job of communicating his message. Uh, now that guys, you know, have opened up, talked with him. He's, He's opened up his ankle them. backpedaling. It, it's, been, it's been a great Come on. Bit of growth the last couple of days that guys are starting to have the aha moments. That's why we do this. That's why we want that. You know, it's uh, we had Greg's a guy waving come out at of Eric trying to shut him up. And, and, I'm just and, like, and, what's and, going and on? just really burst out of it, and the ball was right on time. And you sit there and go, Yeah, that's enough. That's All right, curtains to that. That's what Get the cane out. Too long the long cane. But Get it. I wanted, well, I th- the, I think I wanted the slam on the desk at the end. He gets real hyped. Oh, up was there? Okay. I mean, but that's what I think how Rod Rivera gets into trouble is he's just like, a free and easy, like long answers to every question talker. And he's absolutely right. It was way too much was made about it. I, I think people that read the quotes and tried to make it more than it was didn't listen to how he said it and in context because he was just kind of saying how 
like, hey, look, players these days, like, they're not used to coaches that coach them hard, essentially. And that a, a couple of them had come up to him and said, hey, can you go talk to him? But he was saying it sort of in a joking way. And Biennemi has this reputation uh, as a coach that he's always a little hard edge and people are just like, Oh, okay. Uh, and cause not other, not every coach is like that anymore, that they're, that they're very sensitive to the players. But he also was saying, even as he was saying that the players coming up to him, he, he was talking it down and saying like a lot of these play, you know, young players, they got to get used to it. I think Bietami's response was as telling as anything though. He said, yes, I am intense. Eric Bienemy is who Eric B- is who he is. Eric Bienemy knows how to adapt, adapt and adjust. Eric Bienemy is a, tough, hard-nosed coach. That's three third persons in three sentences. Mm. Uh, but he also says, you know, they, they got to understand I'm their biggest critic. I'm also their number one fan. Any of any of his former players know I've got their back more than anyone I'm going to support. This was this was blown out of proportion. I don't I don't I, it'll it's dust in the wind, you know, hours from now. But I don't think that Ron Rivera, who I'm if I had to pick a coach to like step in it in this way, I would not have put Ron Rivera in my top 20. Mm. I really wouldn't. Done it a lot. I feel like over the last not like this. This to me is like this. I mean, I I think he didn't think it would turn into all this. But my problem is when he does the backpedaling where the ankle breaks, Dan. He he read a uh, he he had a written statement. Mm. You're Ron Rivera. You've been doing this for a long, long time. Go out there and defend your coach. That's how you know. That's how you know he really had regrets about how it played out and how it was it probably dissected upset. in the media. Yeah, but you I don't do a written statement in, yeah. unless you're like in legal trouble. This is this is like something, just go back your yeah. guy. He's just trying I, to put out a fire. Yeah. Right, and I have no problem with like, I mean, so Ben Standing of The Athletic had it, I thought a good line. He said, there is intense and there is mean. Biennemi's coaching style is firmly in the former category. I have no problem with this coaching style. I mean, I'm not a player, but I think, I think the problem is that training camp largely sucks uh, I think you're going to find them to be cl- complaining about something at some point to someone. And it's been a major shift. And I think a lot of the reports, though, coming out of Washington training camp is that your quarterback, Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett, have not been thriving. Like there have been a lot of up and down, which is not surprising. But I think one of the more intriguing preseason starts is Howell versus the Browns on Friday night. And they said they said they've gotten better. And Rivera alluded to that over the last handful of days. It's interesting because he's a former running backs coach. And we saw it even at Cowboys practice. Like running backs coaches are different. They're always the ones barking like crazy. And Biennemi has this reputation, which is interesting because when you watch quarterback, he never said a word. No. <laughs> but he has he's always had this reputation as a like particularly hard nosed guy barking on you. And that to me is very running back and very running backs coach ish. But now he's the offensive coordinator run, running the whole team. I'm not, and it's a in, in some ways um, a loaded subject. So I don't want to take it too far in terms of what I saw in quarterback. But it was it was interesting how Mahomes, 95 percent of his conversations in game in the heat of the battle throughout the season in the playoffs was either with Andy Reid or with Matt Nagy. It just was interesting to me. So I'm really, you know, I, like everyone else, you want to see what the enemy does uh, with this uh, this great opportunity he has. Well, we shall see. Uh, in other news, Minnesota Vikings owner Mark Wilf declined to say Tuesday whether he wants Kirk Cousins to re-sign with the franchise when his contract expires um, after the conclusion of this season. Uh, putting that decision on GM Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and coach Kevin O'Connell. Here's Wolf's quote. We'll leave that to Kwesi and coach to work through those discussions. There's always conversations on that, but our real focus is 100% on 2023 and getting where we need to be and where I know we can be. Uh, Mark, my thoughts on this is this is cool. It's going to work out, I think, how it how it should. I think Cousins is going to have another productive, solid season. I think it's going to put him in, in a position to get paid, whether – 
and he's going to get paid again. He's going to sign another Somewhere. big deal, uh, you know, two, three-year deal, with uh, whether it's the Vikings or someone else. And it makes sense for the Vikings at this point, assessing a relationship that's lasted since 2018. Where are we? Where are we? Where do we want to go going forward? Let's use this year as a real uh, trial. Yeah, there's no uh, you know consternation here. Cousins said back in, in June that he didn't even have any faint expectations that they'd even talk contract till me- next March, and he knows that. And I think, you know, from I know you guys watched the whole quarterback thing, but from what little I Did know, you? I watched little snippets here and there. But I mean, Got Kirk it. Cousins came out as the big winner of that whole thing as a, the nicest man on, uh, you know, east of the Mississippi, I guess, if he is east or he's north. What's happening? Somewhere in there. I don't right. know. I mean, Keep easy, going. Easy stand north, yes. But to me, it's just like, I think everything I mean, they've he's done. Not north, I guess, because it's. It is. I mean, it's you know, it's a north-south tribute. It's not a sharp yeah. east or What's west. What's going on there? out here west of the Mississippi? Just way nicer guys than Kirk Cousins. I'd feel like he would have that on lockdown. Well, too. he's west of the Mississippi. Give him the whole did country. And I'll, give, I'll give him the west if he's west. He's well, west he, of the Mississippi. Mark said east. Oh. Well, and east, so I'm giving him the whole thing. I, I apologize. Let's give him the whole nation. The whole thing. The continental. He's west. Not Hawaii or Alaska. Let's keep that out of the conversation. Let's calm down with the east and west of the Mississippi, too, kind of a bit. the defining aspect of this country. What are we on wagons? Well, it used so? to be, Greg. Absolutely, right. but uh, you know Who, what? Com- I mean, uh, outside of me Commerce. just referencing it, how often is it getting referenced? Guys, we've got Aaron Schatz in six minutes. Gets a lot of okay. pop. Gets a lot of pop. Go ahead. Ships. No, I think Vikings have said all off season. You know, we're redoing the books. We're cutting money, and we'll. You know, a lot of change could be coming. You know how old Kirk Cousins got to be before the start of that next contract? Let me guess. Hang on. Uh, he's going to be like thirty-five. He'll be thirty-six by the start of next season. It's like I'm doing I got my top uh, 50 free agents of 2024 coming out this week, Dan. Plug it. Uh, Not sure where to put Kirk. I think I had him at around 10 or 11. But it's like that is getting up there where to me, ideally, you would have him on a year to year uh, type of deal. uh, He'll get more than that, I think, from another team somewhere. If the Vikings don't want to give him more than a year to year. Speaking uh, Speaking of Vikings and quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater. Once upon a time, a first-round pick of the Vikings. He's bounced around a lot, obviously, and uh, despite that, has always kept Greg Rosenthal's attention as his new project, perhaps his new version of Geno Smith, now that he needs uh, a QB to get behind that he's overlooked. I mean, I'm still with overlooked. I'm with them both. Gino's eyes are wandering, you know. Now that he's he's like one of those uh, he's like one of those men who you know he's with the he's with the wife, and then he hits it big, and then all of a sudden the eyes start darting around. <laughs> You know, that's that's Gino. You think Gino's that's Gino's attitude? He seems to be it's like quite plugged Greg, in. Thank you for all the sport, you know, during when I was mm. kind of down. But now I have a lot of options. I have a feast in front of me. I think uh, he's barely he's aware I don't of know. Um, my existence as a human. He does follow me on Twitter. Uh, and I don't think that's changed. Uh, I think that's been <laughs> Greg trying to be humble there. Consistent. But we're well, picking up on That's why I'm saying barely. Because if, if you get the likes here and there, I can at least throw in the barely. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm pretty sure, is unaware of my existence. But I am happy he's a lion. I mean, I would say this, and it happened again at the Cowboys camp. A lot of people know Greg. Greg's been in business for a long time. You've done your job at a high level. We're, we're very lucky to have you on the team here at Around the NFL. Um, and uh, so I would not be surprised if Geno Smith recognized you. No, I would not be surprised. Greg, Greg also pointed out that Jerry Jones recognized him when, when he walked by and basically vaguely. That was me, though. That was Dan. Oh, was, well, yeah. then it, then what are we he doing? On, like, what am I? I mean, you know, I this entire show is filled with people like this. So. <laughs> uh, if Teddy ever was going to become the next Gino, he's in the right place. Now, I don't want Jared Goff to get hurt because that's what it would take. Uh, Teddy is better than Nate Sudfeld. I assume he's going to 
win that job. Do I think uh, Teddy would be any worse than Jared Goff uh, if he oh, took over? God. I do not. Still, we're yeah, still I don't doing know. I think this? Jared Goff was quietly. We're still doing the this. best version. We're of still taking down year. Jared Goff, really. For I'm nobody. not He's just trying to have a, a solid career in this great situation that is the Detroit Lions. Teddy Bridgewater would put up excellent numbers and be an above average. All these years, if of, he can stay healthy. Yeah, I feel like all these years of bouncing around for Teddy. Now he's had opportunities to kind of find his place, find his footing. The fact that it still hasn't happened, I think it tells you something. Not that he's a bad quarterback and certainly a a likable guy and a great comeback story after what happened with his uh, knee injury. Which was seven years ago at this point. It's crazy. I mean, it tells you, yeah, he's he's hurt too much to be relied upon. But but I I still remember that Denver season. Nice little little job. All right, a couple more things. Uh, You know, that tragic story, Henry Ruggs, former first-round pick, of the Raiders who got drunk at a bar or a club and then went driving home in Vegas a couple of years back, uh, rear-ended at a, a crazy speed, a poor woman and her dog, and they both burned to death in the car, uh, and he was way over the legal limit. Just a terrible story all the way around. And Ruggs, um, 24 years old now, he's been out of the league after the Raiders cut him shortly after uh, that incident in November of 2021. On Wednesday, Clark County District Court Judge Jennifer Schwartz uh, told Ruggs uh, that it was one of the more tragic cases she had seen Mm. in her sentencing of Ruggs to three to ten years in that fatal DUI. Uh, Ruggs said to the parents and family of Miss Tinter, that's the woman uh, who died in the accident, Tina Tinter, I sincerely apologize for the pain and suffering. I don't really know what else needs to be said on that one, boys, but uh, just like one of the sadder stories. Uh, Let's finish up with a little 8 o'clock delight. The Texans lose newly signed uh, tackle. We missed that one a few weeks ago. Titus Howard got a big deal. Good tackle combo in Houston, but they're not going to be around, Mark. He's out. Nope, they got Laramie Tunsil. You do have George Font. Maybe maybe he can help out. Mm, uh, And... Rams brought Bears, back Bant. John Johnson. Is it Liev Schreiber or Liev Schreiber? I say Liev. I've got to get that right. But I am hearing people say Liev now, and I don't like that at all. What is it, Eric? Can you check into I've been that? hearing more of Liev, too. I feel like in Russia, it would definitely be Liev. I'm right? self-conscious when I say it every time. I've been saying Liev my entire life. I'm not Okay, changing. go ahead. The Rams signed uh, John Johnson. What do Johnny you know Johnson. Johnson most for? Safety, uh, Browns, Rams. Rams also, again. no, no, came and on our show. Came on our show when we thought we were getting Robert right, Woods yeah. at, at the old Coliseum, and we were like, "Hamana, hamana, hamana." But we t- we Who told, is this? We, in your ear, like seconds before he sat down, it was like, "This is John Johnson of the Rams safety." Yes. It was a rookie. It was a rookie at the time. Very close to the old Zeuser saying, "Well, Robert Woods, great to have <laughs> you on the show. That would have went well." No. Uh, Kareem Hunt visited uh, the Colts after a trip to the Saints. Jadavian Clowney visited the oh, Ravens. Uh, Baker Mayfield up. and Kyle Trask will each start a preseason game. Well, this could bubble turns. into the worst quarterback they are, situation. They are co-number one QBs on the depth chart. Can we calm down a little bit over there in Tampa? That's Yeah, not fun. Yeah. Uh, Broncos lost another starter. Mike McGlinchey's oh, out two to three oh, weeks. Good. And then Rashad Bateman off the PUP list for the Ravens. It oh. sounds like J.K. Dobbins is probably going to end his hold in fairly soon, even though no one has called it a hold all right, and I'll tag that with Jonathan Taylor's left the scene in Indy to rehab his. Injury. He's gone inside. I, I actually think this is something where the journalism industry had an impact because the Colts beat writers were like, can we get Jonathan Taylor off the field scowling at every practice? It's just sort of bad vibes. And then like a day or two later, they're like, he's just inside rehabbing. It's like if he's just going to be standing there, let's just, it's kind of awkward. 
that's what's happening in the news. Promo time. Football is back. And NFL Network has every preseason game, including 23 of them, live. 23 and 23, Greggy. Big names putting new cities on their backs. A new class putting their names on the map. Your team is back in action. It's time for football. The NFL preseason, August 10th through the 26th on NFL Network and stream on NFL Plus. We'll be right back with Aaron Schatz. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Wow. You know, I asked Eric to send me something a little fresh. Eric is from a different generation than us, and he found something that I don't think we would have uh, found. This sounds like something that was playing out of the boombox when Woody Harrelson and <laughs> Wesley Snipes were dribbling poorly and white men can't jump. It has a bit of a CNC music factory vibe to it. Um, here's a man that has a CNC music factory vibe to him. No, that doesn't make sense. He is a great man. He is one of the preeminent football minds. He's the Oppenheimer of, you know, detailed nuanced takes on football founder of football outsiders and now he's got his new uh, uh p partnership uh, p. with ftn uh, as football almanac 2023 aaron schatz welcome back to around the nfl hey thanks for having me back on i think i'm more Oppenheimer than i am cnc music factory <laughs> yeah you were a dj though i do remember I that was, you you were a, perf- rock, a professional we dj CNC music no, factory on my stage you were looking no, down like on cnc asylum. yeah there you that's go. in that nathaniel hackett you know dance instructor category right there <laughs> that you were a dj i'm impressed i would not have i would not have guessed that yeah it was my first job out of college <laughs> my buddy bob and i um saw soul asylum at the troubadour like five years ago how about that yeah they're still going still doing it still doing the thing a lot of bands still going not all the original members but still going got perner in there some of the souls went back to where they winona Ryder, not in in attendance but i did look around aaron schatz again this is it and, and this is the guy this is the almanac that you need to study ahead of a football season and we're lucky enough to have him here, and Aaron, we wanted to really kind of dive into the defensive side of the ball in our conversation with you, because um, there were some things when you kind of look at your breakdowns on the DVOA side of things that really stood out, Greg. I mean, why don't you get us going with this conversation? What's a, what's a a rating that Schatz and his team had that really jumped out to? Yeah, I I was fascinated. First, let's let's go through like what your your top five were because it's, it's interesting it, on defense in terms of DVO DVOA projections it was Bills Jets Cowboys Niners and then Commanders um and I it it the Bills being on top kind of gets to something I, I've been noticing lately that there's this feeling that it's like well has their window closed or like you know is, is the rest of the league caught up and past the Bills and I 
And I do feel like I'm taking crazy pills a little because they, they won 13 games a year ago and they've had as stable uh, a defense as anyone. So why, why do you think Bills and Jets especially came out uh, on top when you're looking at it? Because I saw also you have the Bills as your Super Bowl pick, which is weird that that's going to be, I feel like, a not a trendy pick this year, the, bill, the Bills getting to the Super Bowl finally. Yeah, the, the thing about the Bills, one of the things about the Bills, and this also goes for the Cowboys, is that people overestimate in their minds the effect of one playoff game instead of thinking about the much larger sample size of the entire regular season. And so, yeah, the Bills, the last time we remember the Bills, they were not playing well. That was a loss, no question about it. But they had a phenomenal regular season. They've had a couple of phenomenal regular seasons. Their defense has been really good, and they've added a bunch of stuff to their defense, right? Like by getting guys back from injury and adding Leonard Floyd, like their defense should be better. They have a whole year of Tredavious White. They get Micah Hyde back. Mm. There's just a lot of reason to believe that their defense can be even better this year than it was last year. Hmm. Uh, I looked at this list, and right away, I have a very clear number one thing that jumped out to me. I'll say before I jump into that, though, that this almanac that you guys put out every year, like the writing, um, you know, I'll go read this in like taverns and restaurants and like I'll be cracking up at some of the stuff that's going on here. So I know that back in the day, the farmers, they wrote an almanac, a lot of data, not good writing, not intriguing. This is a different type of almanac. Pick it up. Um, but you had the Falcons as the 10th defense. Um, and I know they had it. They did a lot this offseason. So you're weighing some of that. But I'd branch that off to say that when you go through your projected win totals, you have the Falcons as the third highest team in the in the A in the NFC at wow. ten point yeah. one above Philadelphia and just below San Francisco and Dallas. I mean, I Greg and I have been on this Falcons thing. Dan is now there too. I think they're gonna be so fun to watch. Is but it? what brought you to this place? What is Not the core much. of your belief? Because this was the thing that stood out to me more than anything else. Defense and schedule. Mm. So we think their defense is going to really improve. There's a variable in our system based on a combination of, you know, free agent additions, getting guys back from injury and drafting rookies high. Buffalo is actually number one in that variable because of all the guys they're getting back from injury. Mm. But Atlanta is number two, Jesse Bates and Calais Campbell and Caden Ellis. And they just added a ton on defense. And then, their schedule is remarkably easy. I know it sounds strange given that the NFC South was won by a team with a losing record last year, but the Saints and Falcons schedules are so much easier than the other 30 teams that it is really likely that you're going to have two NFC teams, NFC South teams in the playoffs over mm. teams that are better than them. <sighs> Wow. but have harder schedules. Because if you look at the overall DVOA projections, the Saints and Falcons are projected to be average. Like not good, just average. But the schedule is so easy. The hardest quarterback that either of those teams plays is Trevor Lawrence. Wow. And then the Falcons also have Aaron Rodgers, which the Saints don't have because they play the Patriots instead of the Jets. And as far as top quarterbacks in the league, that's it. Then I think the next hardest one they play is Kirk Cousins. Like, it's, they just have really easy schedules. I don't like this because I was already toying around with uh, putting them both in the playoffs, like, in my in my mind. Mm. But now I feel like shots took a little bit of my, oh, that's kind of a good uh, sandwich prop 
Thunder here. Um, not happy with that. But you do have them as top 10 defenses, both of them. So even even separate to the schedule, that, that would be amazing because the Falcons had one of the worst defenses in the league a year I, ago. Now I'm curious, not to get off topic, but who's like kind of the inverse of that, a team that all your data really backs up as being a good team, but the schedule is so brutal that it's going to depress their value and, and hold them back? Um, maybe the Chargers, hm. the Jets. Oh, the, the whole Jets schedule is brutal. Yeah, yeah. Miami, the whole AFC East, the four hardest schedules in the league are the four AFC East teams. Miami, you have eight and a half wins uh, projected. Uh, Patriots are eight. And I, I was a little surprised that the, neither of those teams were in your top 10 defensive projections because that's not taking into account schedule. That's looking at how effective they're going to be. When, when I came up, I tried to come up with what my five were before I looked at yours. Just curious how they'd be different. And I had 40, I had Cowboys. 49ers, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins. I had all three of the AFC team, AFC teams in my top five, and you don't have the Dolphins or the Patriots particularly close. You have the Jets and the Bills at a whole nother level to them. Yeah, the 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 Patriots, uh, the Dolphins are interesting because the Dolphins didn't have a lot of takeaways last year, so there's reason to believe that they're going to be better. But, you know, uh, obviously no more credit for Jalen Ramsey, right? So um, I think the thing about the Dolphins, some of this has to do with splits of stats and certain down down and play situations that's sort of complicated to get to. But for the Dolphins, I think part of it is that mentally everyone wants to feel like Vic Fangio comes in and builds a top five defense. Yes. And historically – Vic Fangio does not come in and immediately build a top five defense. Most of the teams he's been with have taken some time to have their defenses develop into being top defenses. So I don't think that Fangio necessarily equals a top five defense on his own. And then a lot of this is just general regression from both of these teams. Like they were good on third short last year, and that tends to regress a little bit. And, you know, in general, an important analytic precept is defense is harder to project than offense. So, you know, the defensive projections are just not going to be as accurate as the offensive ones. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the teams are sort of grouped around the middle because we don't quite know what's going to happen with defenses. I think, you know, if you ask the average fan uh, what the triumvirate of power is in the AFC, it's very clearly Kansas city, Buffalo and Cincinnati to most people. Um, I don't know if you're going to be having a delightful trip to Cincinnati anytime soon. This got on Greg and and, the, and my radar as well, that you have the Browns um, overall as number one, the, the ninth best defense and the Bengals down at 26. Um, that threw me. But then also Cleveland is the third best team in the AFC with a 10.5 win total and Cincinnati at 10.2. I mean, I, I know you're not doing this for clicks and tweets and stuff, but like this is going to get on some people's radar, I would imagine. Yeah, notice that Cincinnati is better, but has a harder schedule. Mm-hmm. So right. Cincinnati does come out slightly better. But yeah, the fact that we have Cleveland so high is going to surprise people. Uh, defensively, we like what they've done with the additions this offseason. People like Zadarius Smith think their defense is going to really improve. Offensively, it's about sample size. You have three years of them having good offenses with bad quarterbacks. And then you have six bad games at the end of last year. And you have all of Deshaun Watson's career of him being good. And then six bad games at the end of last year. So what means more? All of that sample of Kevin Stefanski running a good offense and Deshaun Watson running a good offense. 
or those six games. I mean, we're going to bet that it's the larger sample that tells you more about how good Cleveland is. And then we have Cincinnati. They lost a lot of talent in their secondary. So we do have them declining a little bit on defense. And that's what puts Cleveland slightly ahead of them in wins. Although it's not like Cincinnati, Cincinnati's not a major Super Bowl contender. They have our number two projection on offense. Mm. It, that's surprising. But you still have you have them as like one of the five teams that have a top ten offense and a top ten defense. Cleveland, yeah, we have Cleveland right on the edge of the top ten in both offense. Is and that defense. because Jim Schwartz used to blurb your uh, no football <laughs> outsiders almanac back in like two thousand and five? That was a good pop for you though early on that you got a real big football guy. You it would always be like Bill Simmons, maybe Peter King. I feel like, yeah. but it would always be Schwartz. It would always be Jim Schwartz's quote on the front of the book. That would be like, these guys really know what they're talking about. You know what Greg Something is going like for here? Greg wants a blurb at some yeah, point in the, in the near there. future. Oh, we'll take that. it. Oh, I'll take it happily. Um, yeah, it, we, we counted him as a new defensive coordinator the way we normally do with new defensive coordinators. It is a new scheme they're learning. And all other things being equal, teams take a little bit of a step back when they have to learn a new scheme. But, of course, all things aren't equal because of the talent that they added in the offseason and, you know, other statistical trends. Mm. Seahawks, I, Seahawks, you added seventh on defense. You you wrote to me, you put your top 12 in an order very nicely for me, and you thought that was the biggest surprise of, of your yeah. top 10. Yeah, again, this is another one where they added talent. They're the number three in the added talent variable because they drafted the cornerback so high and then getting Bobby Wagner back and then getting Dremont Jones um sneaky this good is off probably season. you're right the defensive projection that i like if you ask me subjectively i think we're too low on the seattle offense and too high on the seattle defense and probably right about them overall i get what what you're doing with minnesota's defense they are dead last at 32 um i do think brian flores um could give them a little bit of a boost but you know personnel wise uh, it's a bit of a apocalypse but overall i mean i kind of Love what you did with the with the Vikings because this will be another minor earthquake up in that part of the country. Um, you have them at six point four wins, so you're basically saying all these. What happened last year was ultimately a massive mirage. In terms massive. of the, they, yes, they were twenty seventh in DVOA overall, despite being thirteen and four. It was like the weirdest season of all time. So. Like all advanced stats said the Vikings were overrated, but we may have had them lower than anybody. And then they went out and lost talent, right? No more Thielen, no more Zadarius Smith, no more Patrick Peterson. So, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook also. Kendrick. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I just don't think Minnesota is going to be very good. And I don't think they think they're going to be that good because I think that uh, uh, Adolfo Mensa ran the offseason as if, they're rebuilding. Right. And he ran it, a rebuilding offseason. I think he saw the analytics and said, we're not a 13 and 14 trying to get to the Super Bowl. We're a rebuilding team. We're going to have a rebuilding offseason. And we talked about in our news before we had you on, Aaron, that they're keeping their options open with Cousins because I think they're using this as a big evaluation year, not we're going for this or we have the core in place already. Over in the NFC West, um, I get it. I get it. You In terms of uh, win projections, you have – uh, the Rams at 5.8. Arizona also at 5.8. And on the defensive side, you have the Rams 30th. And I think it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that a defense that has Aaron Donald ostensibly still in or near the peak of his game 
um, anchoring a defense that could be this bad. But I would imagine for the exercise and the projections you do, they are a unique case because they just have so many new faces there and they're just kind of starting from scratch. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, Aaron Donald, name another defender on the Rams. You right. guys can do it, of course, right? All you guys know, hey, John Johnson just signed there, which isn't incorporated in this because th- that happened after we finished the book. And- no, it's a bad sign. I saw on their poster, Jordan Fuller was on their poster, who's like a fourth-year safety for fans out there, you know, and that he's yeah. a defensive captain. Like, that's a pretty big, steep fall from Aaron Donald to Jordan Fuller. Their secondary is almost all day three draft picks. And, um, you know, other than Fuller, not established really players, there's like one linebacker, Ernest Jones. Like there really isn't a second off ball linebacker. Like I don't know what they're going to do when they need to play nickel or base. It's unusual to see the Ravens down as the 20th defense in the NFL. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, um, there's a little regression there. You know, high turnovers last year. Um their defense getting a lot younger this year than it was last year. The system doesn't really like that that much. Uh, They were particularly good on third downs last year. So it sees that regressing a little bit. I mean, we like the Ravens overall. The thing that people forget about the Ravens is you can always pencil them in for, if not the best special teams in the league, close to the best special teams in the league. It's like this hidden little bump that they get when you're (laughs) thinking about what they're going to do this year. Like, Special teams are impossible to predict, except the Ravens. You know they're going to be good. For a while, it was uh, the Patriots, and uh, yeah, that's over. They, that's they, over after last year. God, they, they were terrible fell off last a cliff. Uh, I am. I do think the Ravens' defense is going to be better, but I'm basing it on uh, subjective things, which is that I think their defense took a little bit to catch on last year uh, under uh, the new coordinator McDonald, and then. I'm buying like little tr- camp reports where it's like Michael Pierce is like a once in every three year player, but he sounds like he's looking pretty awesome this year. I think some of their young players like Matabuke, uh, Owe, uh, Ojabo, like a lot of guys who haven't quite produced at the NFL level, a full season of Roquan Smith and, and Queen together, which, which seemed like a great combination late last year. There's questions in the secondary, but they're a team to me that, and, and you, you said it, defense is hard to predict that like if you told me they're a top five defense this year, I I wouldn't be totally shocked. I feel like they have a a chance at doing that and really. I don't think I teams. would be totally shocked. You're right. right. The, the edge rushers, right? Like part of it is they've they haven't had a ed- really good edge rush for a couple of years, and they've depended on like rental veterans like Justin Houston. If those guys get it together, and you know that they have talent, Jabo and and uh, Odafe Owa, like. Yeah, they could be a much better defense than we're projecting. Sure, absolutely. Uh, another team that you have falling off a cliff after an inspiring campaign a year ago um, in New York, the Giants, the G-Men. Yeah, they were the mini Vikings, basically. <laughs> were you about? You should Never- might as well tee up Aaron. Do the talk about it. Talk about it. No, I, I thought I thought I emphasized that G-Men, <laughs> and then just like leave it to you. The talk stage the is G-Men. yours. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean they they were a little overrated last year. I think Dable <laughs> did an amazing job and ran a great offense. Their defense was meh, and they won games. They you know were very close in, and their overall numbers weren't great. But the thing is, their sort of um, hey, here's a team that's having kind of a lucky year was so overshadowed by the Vikings mm. having like <laughs> they were like the poor man's Vikings you're right years ever that you know and then the two teams faced each other in the playoffs which was you know it was like battle of the network frauds 
uh, which the Giants <laughs> won. Because, I mean, they were better in our numbers over the course of the season. But kind of messed overall, up the NFC playoffs they, a little bit because we got the the fraud the fraud game, and then you had the Eagles dismantling the fraud that won the next week. We don't need all those frauds. Right. It's good that the Eagles played so well in the Super Bowl. I know they lost, but it was a classic. Because uh, before that, it was like I've, no team has ever had such a bye to the Super Bowl. If the story is that the Giants play better than this because Dayball coaches the heck out of them, I will buy it. Like I think Dayball was a great coach last year, and it's hard, you know, it's hard to control for that in a stat analysis system. Right. So they coached up that defense. I'm with you. On paper, they coached up their defense to get it to even respectable last year. And in the back end, it's like Deontay Banks is getting smoked at, at practice uh, reportedly. Basically, linebacker in secondary is trouble. But they're looking at it like our lines are pretty good. And if you have good lines, uh, that's a good base to build from. And we might. Yeah, have a you chance, need a good but, secondary, too. Right. I, I don't I don't see it with them. I think they're a solid fourth for me. Let's end it this way, Aaron, um, because this is in some ways the most vital question in your business and in all of sports. Um, what do you have to say to the, the one thing you can't measure is heart mafia. <laughs> I mean, you measure heart because if a guy's heart makes him play better than his muscles would make him play, <laughs> it's going to come out in his performance. Mm, the heart is a muscle. Heart will be in the numbers. The heart well, shows up in the numbers. Chemistry. What you can't <laughs> measure is whether guys get along in the locker room you can't measure coaches, um, you know, uh, making their players play better through inspiration, that kind of stuff you can't measure. But, I mean, I feel like, you know, if a player wants it more, then you're going to see it in his numbers because he's going to do it more. Asking for a friend. Last question. Last, last question. Is momentum real? No. Oh, I mean, you knew that. Wait, 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 you know. Well, you know, we have a buddy, Patrick Claybon. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm actually doing him a favor. I thought that it, it would align. I, I mean, felt, I felt we would go that way yeah. with. I'm with. with I know. I know how much players and coaches feel it, but you can't ever define it in such a way that's actually testable. I mean, I'm I'm and on the clay bond. Less in football anyway, because when the defense does something, the offense comes on. The, like completely different players come on the field after the offense does something or the defense does something. So, it's not even like. You know, in basketball where, you know, you let up a 10-0 run and then you're still on the court. Like in football, completely different players are suddenly on the field. Yeah. You, you just like to agree with Claybon and everything, Greg. I don't believe you. I, mean, I, I bet we could find think, 100 instances on this podcast where you talk about no, momentum swinging. No. I, I think it's a little. Eric, I have a project for you this week. Oh, a big project. I think it's a little more <laughs> nuanced. But if you have to go just black and white, yes, no, then it's basically no. Because it's uh, it's a moving. Time. Here's the deal with Aaron Schatz. Uh, he's over with the FTN fantasy crowd. And his football al almanac is as good as ever. Uh, where can people get it? Get that plug in. So the PDF version you can get at FTNfantasy.com. Look for the picture of Patrick Mahomes. He's on the cover of the book. Smart. There's a physical copy also. It's currently in review by Amazon, but within the next day or two, that should be available as well on Amazon. So physical book on Amazon, 
PDF at FTNFantasy.com. Under review. Yes. Someone's got to read the whole thing in like one day. That's a bit, like, that's a, there's a lot dense, going on here. So dense. We have to make sure our fonts look right. Right. And whatnot. It's like and Bezos just, is up in his office. He's like, actually, momentum is real. I'm going to need you to. It's a big red thing. stamp, like Bezos denied. Like they're going over on the commanders. That's so exciting. <laughs> uh, there you go. Aaron Schatz, thank you for the time. You got it. Thanks, Aaron. There you go. So listen, Greg, I. I just think you, you're saying this because I know that's the smart football guy. I've thing. always believed that. I just don't like getting in the same arguments over and over uh, on this podcast. But back in the day, if you went back to like 2013, we, we were in those arguments. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not, I that surprised. I'm not that surprised no. that Greg takes the more robotic earth approach to, to <laughs> this topic. But, you know, I kind of disagree entirely. I don't like the battle against science because science usually wins out. You but can't it, win verbally. But, but there is there's something beaten in here, okay? Yeah, go talk to the real players who play. And there's emotion sure. that drives no not just that, sports not but important. the human race and really all animals. Do you ever feel momentum when you were a, t- a teenage tennis player, Greg? Well, that's a one-on-one sport. Well, how, a little what, different. What how about mean? how about when you did I well? I think you're with... removing a lot of the variables when it's a one-on-one sport. But you're oh, then Mr. You're, scientist so over it, here so now. It the variables over exist. here now. It exists. What about the girls exist. in high school when you got on that nice run you were on? Yeah. And you had the girlfriend after girlfriend, and then things slowed down a little bit, like <laughs> college, post college. That was momentum, my friend. That's confidence. It was one. It was born out of the momentum. Of one girl and we're the talking next. about in a football game, first of all. Now Greg, just like leaving game. them behind. Oh, I'm bored of you. Uh, first period. That's my first period girl. I got my fourth this period is... girl. I got my seventh period girl. Yeah, lunch, lunchtime. Speaking of hearts, you didn't care about their hearts. I cared a lot. That's You're anti heart. That's why I think I it, it was working out because <laughs> it's like when people talk about high school and they're like, oh, yeah, they're this one girl. I had a big like, didn't you have a crush on like 30 girls in high school all the time? Wasn't it always changing? Well, there were tears. And then there was like yeah. many at once because there's so many. There was the, the crush that was like the, the you top spread tier. Yeah. That right. Everyone so loves. you get rejected. Yeah. Like some of them, they, they feel your vibe and, and you're getting uh, yeah, but smacked pe- back. But you, could, you could lock in on one, which is a mistake. That's what you right. learned back in high school. You I lock in on that, one and you don't see anything way. else. Right. There's the unattainable crush that you might have. Then there's the one that you think is attainable. Yeah, there are different levels of it. Right. I think I w- I'm such a lover, you know, not a robot, Ooh. that it was just. It was just the vibes were going out to many people, and then you're you're bound to. Uh, we should just you're bound to change have the subject. I don't I don't think we're going to agree on this one. I think you were cold and emotionless in high school, and you just this is preposterous. You just, you just had notches on your on your bedpost rather than caring about people. Well, it was tough voice. to to watch. Tough to see. In I was at the Taylor Swift show, which was an incredible, um, incredible scene, by the way. And I, even as a Taylor Swift fan, I am not near the level of um, the the true Swifties. So I just kind of watched it from a distance, and it is a very cool vibe. I don't have any daughters, Greg. You do have a daughter. It was so cool to see. I have a daughter. You do? No, I'm I mean, you, age eighteen, she kind of started over that relationship, and you guys are working through it. It was so great to see the vibe in SoFi Stadium of. Uh, this is an outdated term, the girl power, but it was just like this this great communal experience of everyone like loving this woman who puts out all this positive energy uh, and is such a great role model. I was as like as a dad, I was like, this would be a concert I would make sure to take my daughter to to mm. show the power of. That's great. Swift. Did we ever find out who what won if that? She didn't like that Taylor raffle Swift that much, though. Um, then I wouldn't take her. I guess I would take her to you know something else. 
the Beyonce show. I wanted to hear about your experience, so I'm glad you, you told who, that. I, it was great. Who won this raffle, by the way? Did we ever get any? We more? never got any info on that. Did you I'll see th- any, like, known corpus three and a half there? hours, by the way. You wow. Know, really? <laughs> yes. Wow. One speaking more show of tonight, Claybon, lost one tonight. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Claybon, we were talking. He was he had came up with an idea to go sit up on the roof of our building and just see what you could hear. Because I, I, you can hear you Chargers can hear it, and Rams yeah. games really well, so it's like well, we free, heard the free show check. on the top of the parking I, We garage. left uh, work on Thursday, and I could hear the sound check. I mean, it, the sound quality is not great from there, but it's something. Yeah. yeah. It was great and an insane production. Like, I don't know how she does it. I have no idea how she's doing it night after night. All right. Anything else? Oh, I have one thing. Developing news. Um, Boots on the ground. We mentioned the Rams. Jordan Rodriguez, who covers that team so well. She's been all over the story helping figure out uh, we don't call T-shirt gate because we don't use gate around here. But what is the res- who's responsible for, you know, that shirt? Let's, right. Let's flash that up again for the YouTube audience. Uh, mentally and physically tough players who play smart and love to compete. But there's and spelled out and then there's an ambersand. Oh, disaster. Um, here's here's uh, what Jordan had to tell me because uh, we've been kind of back and forth all week on it. Um, according to Jordan, both are Sean McVay quotes model the way, which is the other shirt we saw is a reminder to him and some of the vets to walk the walk this year and get back to teaching where he's admitted he's gotten away from, um, he's admitted he got away from living his other slogans. We, not me, et cetera, et cetera. Last season. Now the shirt in question, this was very interesting. According to Jordan. And this isn't hard reporting. Like, this is just based on conversations she has had, and I, I just want to make that very clear. Uh, it's, it's presented more as a leading theory gathered from whispers around camp, okay? That the shirt and the way it's written, what is it, syntax? Sure. I mean, even just choosing to put all those words on the shirt. I'm counting them now. I think there's 12 words. It's a lot of words. No yes, commas. Uh, mixed words. use of ambersands. Uh, that's the way Sean McVay texts on his phone. Mm-hmm. And the running theory, according to Jordan, and this is not hard reporting, but just formulated on conversations, is he texted whoever the assistant was to make the shirt and, of course, said that assistant, you know, would not dare to deviate from the word of the initial text from their mm. boss. They just basically cut and pasted it onto the T-shirt design, and that's how you end up with this situation. I love it. This is an A-plus work by Jordan, not surprisingly. Um, I think a more empowered assistant. Uh, it, but You're assuming the assistant is even caught by the and and the ampersand. Maybe that's not in their world. But if you were, you might want to go back to McVeigh and say, I'm here to make you look good. Um, nerds out there who are, you know, right. grammatical nerds are going to look at the and and the ampersand and be thrown by it. Probably not all, all your players, some, but like, you know, some of them are also nerds. What if it was a test by McVeigh to see if said assistant would confront him or approach him? Right. And it's being used. I mean, if I'm not, Whether assistant, it's like a yes, I'm not sleeping well. A yes man or woman. Uh, it's not about the assistant. It's about that terrible text because you can fix the and and the and and there's no ampersand and it's still a mouthful that you don't want on a T-shirt. It's a terrible T-shirt. So it's all on McVeigh. And I think if he wants to live, 
you know, another slogan, like how about take some responsibility, stand up at the podium and say, that's on me. I didn't understand the game I was playing. We're not far from Rams Kent. Maybe the, we got to get up there and right. ask the I question. didn't understand yeah. the t-shirt game, and I made a mistake because I think it's ultimately. Turn on it. the air conditioning. Get the car going, Eric. We got a road trip. Also, have you ever done an ambersand on, on text? You have to do, like, the shift down and find I've done, it, I've right? done it multiple times. I mean, that's that's something he, he sought out, the ambersand there. Well, yeah, I think there's just I mean, the questions become deeper and they become more disturbing. Sean McVay being an all caps texter is the least surprising news of the day. He's like he's <laughs> like Reinbold, our, our friend at Sky on Twitter, just like all caps. all. <laughs> I love that, though. He gets the pass. All right, that's it. We'll be back Thursday with another show. Um, make sure you check that out. And um, anything else, Mark? No, I think this was just an absolute delight and a joy. Um, thank you to Aaron Schatz. Thank you to Dan. Thank you to Greg. Thank you to Eric behind the glass. Thank you to everyone else behind the glass. Goodbye. How about Parker and Randy? Parker Keep and the Randy the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.